0: Thanks for tuning in. I'm Joel Amadon. And I'm Ann Monroe. And this is The Teacher's Journey Mile Markers on the Road to Better Teaching, a podcast series where we discuss stories of teacher development.
1: This podcast is brought to you by the University of Mississippi School of Education and is an Amadon Planet production. All right, so we have a special guest here today, Joel Another we guest.
0: Have... Another guest?
1: Another guest. They they keep coming. They keep coming back. We, You know, this is excellent. We haven't run anyone away yet.
0: No, this is good. That we
1: know of. But this is a special guest because it's one of our former colleagues, uh, Dr. Marianne Parker, uh, who um, has worked with us in the past in the Department of Teacher Education and um, is now at the university in the Department of Writing and Rhetoric, which is exciting. And um, she's coming uh, this year. Let's see. Marianne, this is your first year back at the university, or this is my second year back. Second year back at the university. Prior to um, she returned to high school to teach, um, I guess middle school and high school, right? Yes. Marianne, yeah. okay. So she'll talk a little bit about that, but we're so happy to have her back and um, back on campus too. So that's that's terrific. So Marianne, thanks so much for joining joining us. We have sort of a start to our podcast where we do a countdown. So, we're going to do a three, two, one with you. So, uh, if you'll start us off by um, thanking three teachers who have shaped your development as a person.
2: Okay. Well, first of all, thank you both for having me here today. I'm very honored to be a part of this podcast, especially um, with the two of you who have been very influential with, throughout my career, uh, particularly in higher education. But um, starting out, thinking three teachers fortunately for me that's uh, that's kind of a hard task because I had some great ones but if I'm thinking about elementary school I'd have to say um Ruby Ann Kincaid who was my sixth grade teacher she was someone that we admired both as a person and as a teacher but particularly I remember that she had us create a um a proverbs book, which I still have somewhere, where we were to read the book of proverbs in the Bible. I did, I did go to a um, to a Christian elementary school, and um, we were able to pick any verse that we wanted to illustrate it and talk about what it meant to us. And so, looking back as a teacher, I think about wow, she was really kind of firing on all cylinders there with student choice and writing, and then drawing, and you know, incorporating. Yeah, yeah. All sorts of things there. And then um, in the I'm thinking about my secondary experience, I uh, my ninth grade year had so many wonderful teachers and Joel, you will appreciate this um, not being originally from Mississippi. But, um back then, we didn't have air conditioning in our schools, oh, and wow. so I think about the fact that these school these teachers were willingly going into this environment and staying before and after school to to help us and I had a ninth grade teacher named Miss Drew who was an English language arts teacher, and she was just wonderful in doing things like pulling in um you know, what is your favorite song and express the lyrics and then explain it to the class, tell us why, you know, in addition to reading classic literature. And for reasons unbeknownst to me to this day, uh, she chose four students, and I was one of them, to take to Memphis to see uh short stories in play form. And I just that just was really a standout for me. That's awesome. Um so. And then, of course, in my graduate school experience, I have to uh, always have to thank uh, Rosemary Oliphant Ingham. She was a
0: the instructor. legend. <laughs> what the legend?
2: The legend, exactly. And and to me, the the key to the key, the reason she is a legend is we were not only listening to the content of what she was saying, but we were watching the way she was delivering the content and as students, as grad students, and we were trying to emulate that in our own classes. And to me, that's the the highest compliment you can give and to give a teacher of any sort.
1: That's great. Thanks, Marianne. All right, so we've done the three, now the two. Um, Recall two reasons or events that led you to become a teacher.
2: So I went on a different path to become a teacher. I'm an, actually an alternate route um, certified teacher. I began my career, my undergraduate degree is in marketing. And so I began my career in business. Um, I actually had relocated. When I relocated, I took a job, just a temporary job in a school. And um, once I was there, I wasn't there in any sort of instructional capacity but I fell, I was in elementary school, a K-5 elementary school, and I fell in love with being at the school, being in that environment, working with the teachers. And I was offered a computer lab um, instructor position. And I took that position and worked on my alternate route certification. So I stayed there for two years until I um, actually became certified as a secondary English language arts teacher. Nice.
1: Terrific. Um, and so with your marketing background, Marianne, I'm wondering if you could market me as a country music star, and I'm going to steal your elementary school teacher's name because it's amazing, Ruby Ann. I know it. Like, I, know I just it. keep. I can't stop thinking about that. So maybe with your marketing skills, you can market me and my um, with my new country budding country music career as Ruby Ann Monroe. I'm just putting that out there.
2: Um, I, I would be thrilled to do so. You know. I hate to say it, but we know that the du- there's power in the double name, right? Absolutely. So and you know my singing skills. That's <laughs> right. I mean... I- I'm almost scared to try any sort of marketing because it might be it might make you too much of a star and we want you Absolutely, to I agree it, you know, um, maybe so. i'll just
1: stick with my uh right. career that i have now with teaching i think we're good on that <laughs> um that's great but i just love that name i say cheers to ruby ann that's what i say all right so now we're at we're now at the one three two one final countdown marianne here we're, we're going to talk what we're here to talk about um Place one mile marker on your path to better teaching. What artifact would you use to represent your mile marker? What's one of those things in your journey to be a teacher that really has had an impact on you and and your uh, development as a teacher?
2: So I chose as my artifact the inquiry project that I completed as part of the 2010 University of Mississippi Writing Project Summer Institute. And just to give you a little bit of context of where I was in my teaching journey at that time, um, you know, I mentioned that I was in the computer lab for, and I I did that for a couple of years. And once I became certified, I actually accepted a position teaching eighth grade English language arts. And um, I did, I, I held that position for five years And then at the end of my fifth year, I started my master's program at at the University of Mississippi in curriculum and instruction. And then I also changed schools. And so I accepted a position teaching 10th grade English in another district. So my sixth year of teaching was a year of first for me because it was my first year of teaching um, 10th grade. It was my, you know, in the content that comes along with that. It was my first year being in a high school environment. It was my first year in a new district. And um, actually it was my first year teaching on a block schedule. So I had a lot of issues that I was exploring and I knew that I was at a time of my practice that I really, I wanted to grow not only as a practitioner, but as an overall professional. And I was very fortunate that I had two teachers on my hall who were also going through the same program as I was, um, the curriculum instruction program. And they told me about the Summer Institute, the Writing Project Summer Institute. And I thought, well, that that sounds very interesting. Um, You know, it's growth as yourself as a writer, growth as a teacher. So I was very excited about it, very enthusiastic. It was a summer program, a summer program, as I mentioned. And when I began, the culminating project was an inquiry project. And so you were able to choose just anything that was that you wanted to explore as an educator. So you were asked to reflect on your practice and think about um. Not only your own instruction, but think about and challenge the pedagogy that is behind what you were doing on a um on a daily basis right and so I was very interested in exploring student voice and developing student voice um, and the power the power of writing and the and how to make certain that our students, particularly at risk students um at that time were able to use their own voice and help them develop that voice in writing. And so through this inquiry project, I was able to look not only at my own practice, but look at, um, and not only look at best practices, but what is the research behind what we are doing? Why are we doing this? Why is it even important in the first place? And so um, the end project, we completed a paper, but then we also were to present it just as you were in a professional development environment. And that was my first time completing that sort of presentation. Um, Once I completed that presentation, I had more confidence in what I was doing. And then I was asked to do more presentations and that opened the door to... um, Really, a long career in having the opportunity to present at conferences or to present in professional development opportunities and things of that nature
0: well and, and <laughs> teaching teachers you know and thinking like Absolutely. that's you know where I met you is we're doing that together with the e d s e four hundred and all that stuff, but what it was cool in your story there in just setting up this this artifact in your mile marker of your development. Is there's a lot of counterintuitive stuff. I don't know, and, and maybe you know, someone that's hearing the story for the first time, like hearing that, like all of these things are happening in that, like basically my teaching, my my teaching experience is being turned upside down. All these changes that are happening, and yet you as and and your and your colleagues decide we're going to go participate in this institute. Right. And it's like, <laughs> like 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 we're we're going to go develop as versus like you know hunkering down and just trying to you know, like, oh my gosh, there's too much chaos, like, versus like, no, no, we're going to use this maybe as an opportunity to spark some development, like, all right, so, and then thinking about the, you know, the population of students that you're most concerned about here, you know, some might say, okay, at-risk students, let's just concentrate, let's get them the skills, let's, you know, make sure that, you know, let's really, let's simplify it, versus like, no, no, let's, let's think about how they can use their voice, and then those other things are going to come along with that, and so, like, you know, creating the motivation and think like you know i have a way to use my voice and now i have this necessity to figure out you know how to use the grammar and all the other things that go along with it it's like i don't know there's all these things that are are happening that it it just it kind of stood out with you. and also too you know the writing institute i'm sure that they had a bunch of things that they wanted you all to know but it's like they they also knew that hey go find something that you want to learn more about and that's going to be the, the motivation and, and we're going to, we're going to get exposed to all these things. And then they're your guide on the side and for it. And like, again, another great model for how to teach teachers is to help them move towards this goal that they've all set for themselves. Like just lots of good stuff there.
1: And it's, it's kind of mirrors what you said Ruby Ann did for you, right? Providing this idea of choice. I mean, everything's being echoed in your story from, you know, the things that you really saw as benefit of the, of the great teachers that you highlighted at the beginning you know, that providing choice, providing an outlet for your creativity, what you are motivated about, like Joel said, that brings that motivation piece when you provide choice. And here you are at this institute providing choice. But also to kind of talk about, uh, back up what Joel's saying is that you're entering this at a time of, you just mentioned all these things, different things happening. And I think that's kind of a a good message for us as teachers and also to some of our pre-service teachers, that when you say, when you are in the middle of working hard, sometimes in a way, it's a great time to keep going. It's sort of like you're already, it's almost like, I don't know if you ever look back on your life and you're like, wow, I had so many things going. I got so much done during that time. It's almost like a, a good time to put the put the gas on, you know what I mean? Because you're already in that mode of go, go, go. And I'm already changing things and things are already new. So what else, you know, it's almost like put your uh, you know foot on the accelerator and just go. And this okay. idea of saying yes to new things Even if it's a busy time, sometimes you're in that mode of go and it's a great time to do that.
0: I wonder, Marianne, too, like going with that, like, you know, we were in a pandemic, you know, and like all the different things that had to change with our instruction and like thinking about like how a lot of people, I mean, it was a way to get, it was that catalyst to get better at things. Like, how could I be a better user of technology or how could I be a more mindful user of technology or even to think like how do I facilitate interactions and now even coming back to a face and face like I'm better at that now because I've been thinking about those deeply because of this catalyst so I don't know, think there you go thanks for sharing that, that was a, that was good
1: <laughs> like yeah, yeah. yeah and then one thing too like to connect this back to your growth as a teacher this particular mile marker you're talking about this thing that happened at the increase Institute where you I mean where you did this inquiry project excuse me at the Institute. Why is this mile marker to you? If you could narrow it down to like the most important aspect, why is this um, so important to your growth as a teacher?
2: What do you think it did for you in terms of growing as a teacher? Um, well, that's so many different ways I could answer that question, honestly, because it was that influential in my practice. Um, it was that influential, not only in my practice, but again, um, overall for my development as a professional. Um, so Ellen Shelton is the director of the writing project, and I have become colleagues and friends with her through the years. And before she is very big on explaining to you know new institute members that the importance of, for instance, thinking partners. And you know, before I entered the institute, I didn't know what a thinking partner was. I just knew that I needed one. So basically it's mentoring other teachers and just having someone that you can call and say, Hey, I have this idea. I'm not sure what this looks like in the classroom, but this is either a concern or just something I want to try. And instead of having someone saying, well, you know, I just don't do that. We don't have time for that. Or, you know, we've never done it that way before. It's more of a, okay, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Let's talk it through. That has been for me, uh, one of the most influential parts of my practice is to have people like that surrounding me Um, because I thrive in a collaborative environment. I mean, I I do because I need somebody that I can push those ideas on. Uh, I mean, excuse me, talk, talk about my ideas, but then I need somebody to push back. I need somebody to push back and look at it from a different perspective. So I don't have like that tunnel vision. Um, So just in of that, in of itself, From that sprang me, like starting when I was at Indiana University Southeast, starting a mentorship, you know, for younger teachers and things like that, um, and just understanding the importance of mentors. And then, of course, um, practically also, if you want to look at, that is when I started presenting, and you could argue that those presentations, again, have led to me not only presenting, but those presentations, I guess, you could say, have helped me seek out more professional development. Because when you are researching, if you want to put in a proposal, you're looking at that research and you're thinking about what does this mean? And then you're putting together an overall presentation. So it just, it kind of is a big circle. It just kind of keeps you developing as a professional, no matter what stage of the career you're in. Yeah, that's
1: that's that's amazing. Um, when you're thinking about, because you're you're saying some words that I know are part of these standards that we're, uh, we're asked to, you know, meet with our, with our pre-service teachers. If you look at this mile marker, why is this mile marker important to our field? Uh, Can you tie it to the standards? We use the in-task standards in our pre-service program, interstate teacher assessment and support consortium standards. And there, uh, those standards are um, something that we, we're constantly making sure that our students are meeting. How would you tie uh, this mile marker to those standards, this particular inquiry project that you that you completed?
2: So I would look at um, the instructional practice standards, uh, standard seven, standard eight. Um, so only, not only planning for instruction, which is standard seven, um, but then also instructional strategies, which is standard eight. And what I really like about what Standard Seven says is where it says the teacher plans instruction that supports every student in meeting rigorous learning goals so again, it's not this idea that we have four students that can learn in a rigorous you know we, we can um, that we're elevating to this ideal, but we are reaching every student so they can reach their fullest uh, potential and achieve it at their highest level. And then um, standard eight, which talks about the instructional strategies themselves. And it's again, using a variety of instructional strategies. Um, And then also, and then you both know, this is near and dear to my heart, is professional responsibility. So standard nine, professional learning, ethical practice. Um, We have an ethical obligation to constantly reflect, to constantly be thinking about how are we best um, serving our students? How are we best serving the profession overall? Um, so not only is that a professional responsibility, it's an ethical responsibility.
1: Yeah, I love that idea of it being an ethical responsibility that we we don't often think about, you know, we talk about reflection and how reflection is such an important part of teaching and that cycle of learning and lifelong learning, but to think of it in an ethical way and the responsibility we have as teachers to do that to improve our instruction for our students, I think is really important.
0: Well, and also too, just thinking about, Going back to your response to like what what's the best needs from our my students, I want them to figure out how to own their voice and and represent their voice in the world. I mean, my guy, it's like it's almost like a tear could roll down my cheek. I mean, that's a beautiful thing that we would. I mean, I want my teachers or my kids' teachers to have for them and like you know think like how are they going to exist in the world like you know, there's a reason behind why to know the grammar and stuff in order to represent your, I mean, so like an ethical responsibility to my students, like that's, yeah, that's beautiful.
1: So Marianne, talking about, um, you know, with our work with our pre-service teachers, we always have them articulate their philosophy of Mm -hmm. education. We do that early in the program and then we have them revisit that philosophy and kind of, you know, it it becomes, you know, they shape it over time. Um, if if you had to, um, you know, boil down your philosophy to what, what we call a pocket-sized philosophy, just a couple of sentences about what you feel is most important about teaching and learning, what would be your pocket-sized philosophy?
2: So my pocket-sized philosophy would be um, based on social constructivism, Uh, Bogotsky, which is communication and social interactions are vital in the educational process. Um, But as is student choice and educators must engage all students with academically rigorous instruction and understanding all students have significant opportunities for individual growth and then to support those students in achieving maximum growth.
1: Great, and how how do you think that your um, mile marker that you talked about the inquiry is reflected in that philosophy?
2: So again, the communication and social interact interactions, if I think it's important in the educational process for students, clearly it's important for me as a professional, right? So I'm having those social interaction, I had those social interactions through um, my peers when I was, Going through the summer institute and um, the two colleagues that I mentioned, uh, Mary Kylie Ruff, Stephanie Risher, were very instrumental. First of all, they're the ones that told me about the summer institute, but then we also we wrote, we we commuted together, we talked consistently about our practice, and that was a springboard for us to do that. To this day, I'll call Mary Kylie if I have a question that I need to run something by. You know. Um, hey, do you think this will work for my students? So I think that's very much a reflection of that process. Um, again, um, understanding that, that rigorous instruction and understanding that all students can achieve completing the research behind the developing student voice and how does that work and why is it important for students and how to best do that. Um, but not just how to someone coming in and saying, here's a strategy that will best do it. Me understanding the whys behind it, me understanding the research behind it, you know, psychologically, socially, academically, all of those things that, you know, culminate in a student's experience. That's great. Thank you. Now, one of the last things that we do on the podcast,
1: Marianne, is talk about, Joel and I kind of talk about some of the resources we have that might go along with what our guest is talking about. And so knowing that a writing person was coming on the podcast, (laughs) uh, and then also something you said made me think about sort of a seminal text for me as a teacher uh, uh, who taught language arts in the elementary classroom. And then you actually said this in in just a minute ago when you were having a discussion about when you went to the writing institute for the first time, you started thinking, oh my goodness, I've been doing this in my classroom, but I really could be doing this, right? And so, one of the things when I came to the university to study as a graduate student, uh, I had Dr. Cindy Lee, and I don't know if um, Marianne, if you were, if you had, if you knew Dr. Lee or or she was here during your time, but uh, she was really influential for me. And one of the books she introduced me to was Reggie Routman's Invitations. And so that that book, it really, it. it I had come from the class, had just come from the classroom teaching my third graders. And so I knew what I was used to doing with them. And then I'm reading what I could have been doing with them or what, you know, all of these potential uh, things. I think that's just, um, we'll put a link to that. Uh, That's a, that's an old school book that's just still so relevant with a lot of the great ideas about how to to get students writing across the curriculum and um, lots of stuff about student choice and motivating students with their writing and letting them have ownership of, uh, what they're writing about. And it just sort of made me think differently about what I could be doing as a teacher, kind of like you mentioned earlier about how the Institute has done that for you, the writing Institute. Uh, so that's definitely a resource, um, you know, that meant a lot to me. And I think could uh, could be something that could be inspirational for somebody else. Joel, do you have any resources? I know with uh, thinking about mathematics, I don't know if you've got anything about writing across the curriculum or any things well, that have been influential for you.
0: Well, I was just thinking of the the springboard of a professional development opportunity that's not only done in isolation, but it's done with others, right? And so you're just encouraging listeners out there That's it, you know, undergraduate students to experienced teachers to whoever, like those professional development opportunities, whether, whether it's like the regional, like we have Mississippi Councils of Teachers of Mathematics, we've had the Mississippi Association of Mathematics Teacher Educated, I can do the math ones, but you know, there's a, there's a version for every subject area, and then we have, again, opportunities on campus. The Writing Institute is still, still happens, is that right, Marianne, do you know? Uh,
2: yeah, so it's the University of Mississippi Writing Project, and yeah. each year there is a summer institute um, for people who want to, um, you know, to start this experience.
0: And we'll put links in the show notes for that, and then like, the Center for Math and Science Education has lots of uh, professional development, but like not only like taking advantage of those things, or like because there's tons of free experiences also as well. Um, uh, Todos Mathematics for All has lots of great um, online math experiences and chats and things like that. But to do it, to I think is grabbing that partner, that thinking partner, and whether it, and even as could be as simple as, "Hey, I want to read this book. You want to read it with me?" And let's make sense of it together as, as it relates to our teaching. And I think that is just something to encourage folks. And I and and then also too, once you experience some of those things and think like, well, what do I have to share with the world too? And so think because if you are an experienced teacher, you've figured something out that needs to get shared. And so there are venues out there to, to share that. And so um, just encourage people to do that. And if you need help with that, we we're here at the University of Mississippi. We can help out without. Help you share that as well, find you an outlet. So,
2: excellent. I think that is so important that what you just said about being able to share mm-hmm. um, that every teacher has something that they can share. And sometimes teachers forget that that there are outlets for teachers to go out and share their expertise, their personal expertise.
0: Yes. And, and sometimes, you know, it's the one, Anne. oh, sorry, Ann. Go ahead.
2: Go ahead, Joel.
0: I was going to say, and sometimes it's the ones that they're too busy thinking about their own teaching and improving it that they need that. And I'm thinking about this idea of shoulder tapped, like, Hey, this thing you're doing is special. You got it. Don't just let it just sit here. Let's, let's share it. uh, Let's share it beyond your classroom. So yeah, that's great.
1: Well, speaking of sharing, I know Marianne has to, has to leave us now because she's going to teach. So she's going to share with her uh, students is what we do as teachers, sharing all the time. So we want to thank you all for tuning in to The Teacher's Journey, Mile Markers on the Road to Better Teaching. This episode may be over, but the journey to better teaching continues. Please subscribe to the podcast so you're notified when the next episode is ready for you to listen. And if you like what you hear, please rate and review the podcast. You can also share the podcast with someone you feel may be interested in these stories of teacher development. And also, thank you, Marianne, for sharing a portion of your journey with us.
0: And thank you to all you listeners out there for taking the journey to better teaching. This world is a better place because you have used the gifts you have been given to teach others.